Welcome to Latte with a Lawyer, a podcast dedicated to bringing you the stories of some of America's most successful lawyers, figuring out what makes them tick, how they creatively solve problems, and how others aspiring to be them can follow in their footsteps. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Latte with a Lawyer. I'm your host, Jonathan Brickman. And uh, this morning we have with us Bernard Williams, and he's the founder of his firm, uh, Company Council. And where are you located? You're in uh, Philly? Oh, uh, yeah, Balkanwood. It's uh, it's right outside of Philadelphia. Oh, good. Very good. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show. How are you this morning? Doing really well. Thank you. Good morning. How are you? Very good. Excellent. Um, just to get started here, uh, latte with a lawyer, what's your morning beverage of choice to, to get going? <laughs> so I've got about 60 ounces of, uh, of Rona from Starbucks uh, made in my my home coffee machine, um, uh, probably a lot bolder than most people would want, uh, but it's what I need to get me going in the morning. All right, good, good stuff. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say you had 60 ounces of water. I just, uh, I was reading, there was a study that just came out that said, you know, people live longer, they're healthier, they have less, you know, heart disease if they drink a lot of water. So I thought you were gonna tell me well, water. Uh, <laughs> well, 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 I do have water too, uh, but you'll notice that the, the water glass is a lot smaller than the coffee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how people do it. I mean, the amount that they suggest for like a guy is like an ungodly amount, like 13 cups. I mean, you realize how much water that is? Well, I thought it was eight cups and even eight cups is, is, is a lot. For a woman, I think it's eight and for a guy, it's like, I mean, it's a lot of water. I know I don't hit that level for sure. Well, I try to count all liquids as water and I'm not sure you're really supposed to do that, but uh, that's the only way that I can get up to my 13. There you go. Anyway, all right. So listen, let's uh, let's talk about your law practice. What kind of law you practice? Uh, well, Company Council is a small business law firm. Uh, mm -hmm. And what we do is we work with entrepreneurs and small companies uh, that are interested in growing and scaling. Uh, we keep those companies in growth mode and out of trouble mode. Uh, so out of out of court, uh, out of uh, lawsuits, other types of conflicts uh, that can derail the growth uh, and, and in growth mode where they're building and scaling and, and and moving closer to the kind of uh impact and profitability and, and, and success that they want to have okay um so general like general counsel is i mean that's kind of what the name applies that you're like the sort of outsourced general counsel is that a fair way to say it? uh we, we yeah we, we 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 use the term fractional general counsel okay yeah, um, and, and a lot of people are familiar with the role of general counsel in a large corporation. Yes. And, and, you know, IBM or Comcast or something like that. Uh, what we try to do is provide the same type of service, uh, not just legal and not just tactical, uh, but also strategic uh, uh, to small companies and to, and to entrepreneurs where it doesn't really make sense for them to have an in-house counsel that provides those services, but they still need the support of somebody with a legal perspective and with legal uh, background and resources to help them to make the right decisions. Okay. So, so give me like, like your typical, like your day in the life. I mean, what are typical issues that you would work on for these firms? Um, well, when it comes to growth, a lot of issues that come up uh, have to do with, with, with growing the team. Uh, what typically happens is that uh, the, the company will, will be founded by maybe one person or a handful of people. Uh, and as they grow, they find that the that, that small leadership team just can't do everything. Uh, they need to either outsource or or, or hire employees, uh, and they need to, to actually build a team as they as they yep. grow uh, in order to handle all the things that they need to delegate. 
And when that comes in, uh, when they're at that stage, that's where it can really help uh, because there's a lot of preliminary decisions that they'll have to make. Uh, is it, uh, do we want employees? Do we want independent contractors? Do we want to outsource? Do we want to enter into a joint venture or strategic partnership where another company provides these services instead of us having to actually hire and manage somebody? Uh, so I can help someone and I can help a company navigate all those questions. And then whatever option makes the most sense for them, help to actually implement that option. Uh, so if they decide, you know, the right way to go is, is with employees, it's with part-time employees. Uh, we can help them to prepare an employee handbook, uh, put in the right types of policies, uh, prepare the, the employment documents and do all the kinds of things that, that help that company to make sure that the, what they have in mind. Uh, yeah. when they decide they want to actually hire employees is what they ultimately get. So it sounds much, I mean, it sounds much more like an in-house, like sort of almost HR advisory, as opposed to like doing real like legal litigation, um, contract well, disputes, things like that. Are you involved with those kind of things too? Well, so remember what I said is that we keep people in growth mode or companies in growth mode and out of yep. trouble mode. Right. So trouble mode refers to litigation, refers to disputes and, and sure. conflict. And invariably in business that happens, you know, there's a lot that I can do to keep people. There's a lot that I can do to avoid that. Uh, a lot that I can do to uh, clarify expectations and to, and to set up scenarios that make it less likely uh, that my clients face legal trouble or face, face trouble at all. Uh, but again, invariably, there there's going to be a lawsuit. There's going to be a dispute. There's going to be some sort of a conflict uh, that they're going to have to um, resolve, uh, and uh, and we certainly can help with that as well. Okay. Uh, my background actually is that when I well, the first say nine years of my of my legal practice uh, out of law school, I was actually a commercial litigator. Uh, so I still kind of view the world through the lens of litigation, uh, and, and and I think that. That's a that actually provides a value and a benefit to my clients because I can anticipate uh, what the problems are going to be or what they're likely to be and help them to avoid them. Uh, but then, if they actually do find themselves in that dispute, uh, we know how to get them how to get them out of it, how to resolve them, how to win cases. Okay, okay, that's an interesting way to put it. Um, so, you so say you've been in the courtroom before? You've litigated cases before? Uh, yeah, about nine years of litigation. It sounds like you don't, that's not really a cup of tea. You seem like, you know, you'd rather sort of be, you'd be, you're looking for win-wins as opposed to litigation. You want, you want to keep people on the, uh, out of the trouble mode, as you put it. That, that, that's right. Uh, yeah. You know, litigation is how I started my career. I, I got pretty good at it. Uh, uh, and, and I enjoyed the intellectual aspect of it, the strategy of it, and the tactics, and all, all the kind of intellectual parts of litigation. Uh, but what I hate about litigation is, is that it's a distraction uh, and it drains resources and it prevents entrepreneurs from having the kind of impact that they want. Nobody right. goes into business because they want to fight. Nobody goes into business because they want to be in court. Right. Uh, so uh, if I can help people to stay out of court and to focus all of their time and energy and resources on, on the business and on the impact that they want to make, uh, as you say, I, I, I think that's more of a win-win. Got it, got it. So how did, how did you get pick this niche? How did you get into this line of um, law? How'd you get it here? Well, um, you know, I started out as a litigator, uh, mostly because that was what I was most familiar with uh, coming out of law school. Um, there were very few, uh, I didn't have any lawyers in the family. I didn't know any lawyers. Uh, okay. And there are very few TV shows about corporate uh, practices. 
Uh, so, um, so you know, litigation was kind of what I had in my mind when I when I entered my career, uh, and that's what I did for the first eight or nine years of my career, uh, in, in in a big law setting, uh, both in, in in New York and Philadelphia. Uh, and what I found was that, although I was doing well, I, I I felt like my mindset was that I was playing to to not lose, as opposed to playing to win. Mm. Uh, and I wanted to play to win. Uh, so, so I, I left the, the law practice. I thought I was leaving behind law altogether, uh, and I started a business uh, in 2008. Uh, and uh, if you remember 2008, uh, that's when the recession hit. Oh yeah, uh, and it was a really, really difficult time <laughs> to start a brand new business in a yep. new industry. Uh, but, but that's what I did, uh, and uh, and not surprisingly, uh, the the results were not spectacular. Uh, so uh, I, I wound up having to close that business after a few years. Uh, but the, the silver lining was that for those four or five years, I was an entrepreneur for the first time. Okay. Uh, and I was standing in the shoes of a small business owner, and, and, and I knew what it was like to have to worry about making payroll uh, and to have to you know deal with a landlord and to have to hire employees and have to do all the things that small business owners are dealing with on, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and that's when... Um, I came to the to the realization that there really was a gap in the market uh, for uh, for people who are providing services and resources to small companies. Uh, I was oh, seeing that these small companies would either they'd go to Facebook uh, to get their 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 legal questions answered, <laughs> uh, or um, there's a there, this wide gap where people would either go to their their friends and family, even if they weren't attorneys, and even if they didn't necessarily know any better than they did, mm. uh, or on the opposite uh, side of the spectrum. They might go to to a very expensive, uh, you know, big law firm uh, that's that's charging several hundred dollars an hour. Uh, that's really not the right model or the right type of practice yeah. or right type of fit uh, for the small companies. Uh, but for anybody that that had needs to kind of fit in between those those two extremes, they were they didn't really have anywhere to go. Uh, so uh, so when I realized that, that's that's when I found a company council, uh, and ever since we've been trying to fill that void. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Now, now I get I get the path and how you got there. So, do you? I mean, how do you engage? Is it on a retainer basis? Is it based on like situational that somebody brings you in? So, because we are geared towards small businesses, we we try yeah. to meet people where they are, and and, and there are uh, various services depending on what stage of growth the company is in. Uh, so, so for example, if someone is just starting out and want to make sure they're getting off on the right foot. Uh, there are things we can do to to, to form their company uh, and to kind of set them up uh, in, in the right direction until they need us again. Uh, what we prefer, however, uh, is the companies that uh, that are a little bit uh, further along. They've you know they, they they've passed that initial startup phase uh, and, and and now they want to grow and they want to think about scaling and, uh, and 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 building up the company. Um, uh, and for those companies, uh, that's where the fractional general counsel model comes in. Uh, and we don't use the word retainer because that means something different in, uh, in, in technical legal parlance, uh, as, as I'm okay. sure you appreciate. Uh, but, um, but, but what we do do is, is, is we have, um, we will charge flat fees by, by the month or by the quarter uh, so that people know exactly what to expect going into the month uh, or, or into the quarter. Uh, they know how to plan ahead. Uh, they can fit it onto their, uh, onto their budgets. Uh, and there are no surprises or uh, or sticker shocks yeah. uh, at, at the end of the month. Interesting. 
So what, I mean, what would you say, like, where do people get stuck in these small businesses? What are the recurring issues that you see? Uh, there are a lot of them. I, I think that, um, and one of them, quite frankly, has to do with the role of counsel. Uh, I think that oftentimes um, people are conditioned to to not want to work with attorneys. Uh, you know, they will, um, they fear being talked down to. Uh, they fear uh, working with people who don't understand their business, who don't care to understand their business. Uh, they they fear the hourly billable model that results in being billed in six minute increments and being billed for receiving, uh, you know, for answering uh, voicemails and, and sending quick emails. Uh, so I think because of that, um, I think because people are conditioned to think that way, there's a real reluctance to getting attorneys involved. Yeah, uh, and oftentimes as a result. Uh, they'll go to the they'll go to Facebook to get their legal advice, uh, or they'll wing it, or they will bury their head in the sand, or not ask the right questions. Uh, and invariably, what happens is that um, they're not prepared. They're not uh, you know they haven't put the right things in place uh, to, to to address the problems or to 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 avoid the potential disaster. Uh, and uh, and as a result of that, they wind up getting in, in, in even bigger trouble. Um, what I wish would happen more often is is that people would ask their attorneys, um, "Hey, what happens if uh, you know be, be earlier in the process?" And I wish people would involve their their counsel, and not just their attorneys, but but their their CPA and any other consultants or advisors that they that they rely on. I wish they would be involved earlier in the process to help them to be more proactive and help them to make better decisions so that they didn't wind up in trouble mode and so that they didn't wind up spending all their money on litigation fees and, and, and expenses. So I think the earlier legal is involved in the process, uh, the, the, uh, the better. And the mistake that I see is that people wait way too long to get legal involved. Yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it. So let, let's sort of go, let's roll it back a little bit. I mean, how did you even make the decision to go to law school? Like, tell me about that, like how you even got started there. Uh, wow, that takes me. <laughs> that really takes me back. Uh, I um, yeah, it's funny when I when I went to law school, when I applied to law school, uh, it was during a time when um, the internet was brand new and there was a lot going on in the, in the political world, and uh, it, it was it felt like a real time of change, uh, and um, and I knew that I wanted to be a part of that change and that I wanted to innovate and make a difference, but I. I'm not sure that I could have articulated very much beyond those sentiments. Uh, what I liked about practice of law uh, was I liked that I could that I could help people. Uh, I liked that I could use my communication skills, written and and and, and verbal. Uh, I um I liked the idea of being an attorney. Uh, I liked the the idea of the challenge. Uh, I liked the putting puzzles together and solving problems and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and um, it was either that or I, I either wanted to be a teacher or, or, or a lawyer. Uh, and I, I wound up taking the, the, the legal route. Um, yeah, no, I saw in your background that it looks like you got involved with education at some point too, right? That, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it turns out that I've always been a teacher. I, I, I just um, do it in different... Yeah, uh, you seem very... Pro you seem professorial. You have a professorial yeah, well, presence about you. I, I Well, I take that as a compliment. Yeah, I, I yeah, hope yeah. that's how you meant it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a you have a good, nice demeanor, like calm, and you know, it looks like you're a good teacher. I can see that. Oh well, well thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Trying to be. Where are you from? Where'd you uh, Where'd you grow up in? Like, 
were there any influences at all that sort of guides you down the path of like professional services? Uh, so I, I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, okay. uh, so culturally, a lot of my a lot of my culinary tastes and, uh, and personality probably was formed based in in, in New Orleans. Uh, but I but I mostly grew up in Philadelphia. Okay. Um, uh, so that that's another um, really important in, in, in influence in my life. Uh, Philadelphia sports fan. Um, uh, you know, not so. Although I'm not a native of Philadelphia, I've, I've been kind of a an adopted son. Uh, yeah. You know, for the, for the past several decades, really since high school uh, in the Philadelphia area. Um, and um, you know, as I said earlier, I didn't know any any lawyers growing up. Um, the the professionals that made the biggest impact on my life were teachers. Uh, and uh, and and what I think about, you know, outside of my family, when I think about the adults who I looked up to uh, and who I, I I admired and who inspired me, uh, they were all teachers that I had at some point or another, or adult volunteers in educational programs. Uh, so um, you know, so I've always really been a, a believer in education for that reason. Yeah. And even what I'm doing now, I, I think educate, educating clients, educating the the, the public is an important part of, of of what my role is. Got it. Interesting. Good. I see you got family pictures behind you. And anyone in your family thinking about law school? I don't know if you're at that stage, but what would you tell your kids? <laughs> uh, well, so we, we we're we're pretty small nuclear family. It's uh, okay. my, my my wife and my son and me. All right. Uh, my wife is an attorney. Uh, oh. She's a partner at a, at a large law firm in, uh, in the city. Uh, and my son, who's 14, uh, had, isn't quite sure what his career path will be at this point. Uh, but the one thing I think he's decided for sure is that he will not be an attorney. Will not be an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> well, two yeah, parents, I, I get it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I don't blame them. You know, my, my, my parents were both in math and science, and I decided that I want to go as far away from math and science as possible. So I think that's just the, the natural cycle of things. Very good. I, I, I get well, it. Um, of course. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, so what would your advice be if your son is not going to become an attorney? What would you tell somebody thinking about law school? What would your advice be? It's a great question. Uh, and I, I talk to young people all the time who are thinking about going to law school or, or yeah. who are in, in law school. Um, I think it's important to know what, what your why is. Uh, to know what the reason that, that, that you're doing is, uh, because um, I think the practice of law is a lot different from what people expect it to be, and I think the law school experience also is different from from what many anticipate. Uh, and I think there will be times when um, when you will feel challenged and when you'll um, wonder whether or not you made the right decision and whether or not maybe it's time to pivot or maybe it's time to to regroup or do something different. And I think remembering what your why is during those times will help you to make better decisions. Uh, that's not to say that 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 practicing law necessarily is the right path for everybody. Uh, but I think if you at least keep in mind what your why is and keep going back to that, uh, then I think that you make a decision that's, that's, that's more genuine and truer to yourself. Yeah, it's interesting. I hear that a lot, like the whole, like sort of the gap between like law school and like practicing law that transition right there's a gap there i mean so you talk about gaps between like you know that you're filling i mean i hear that a lot is when i talk to you guys and uh 
how do, how do you close that gap? So it's, you know, it is a more practical and it's an easier seamless transition into the real world. I think clinics are helpful. Uh, I think internships are, are really helpful. Uh, okay. The other thing that I wish I had known when I was a law student uh, is um, I, I wish I had understood the importance of networking and, and being out in, in the community. Uh, you know, as a law student, I was very, I knew a lot of people in my law school community. I was very active within my law school community. Yeah. Uh, but I very rarely went beyond uh, the uh, the boundaries of, of, of my law school to get involved in things in, in, in the greater community. Now, I didn't really know anybody who wasn't, uh, who I didn't directly work with or who wasn't in, in my, who didn't attend my school. Right. Uh, I didn't really have those interactions. Uh, so I think the more that people in law school can get out into the world uh, beyond the, the, you know, the, the, the borders of their actual law school campus, uh, I, I think that helps as well to, uh, to to ease that transition. Got it. Okay, good. So, what what are the plans for your law firm? You want to grow? I mean, what what are your ambitions? Yeah, we well, we do want to grow, uh, and I don't. Well, we don't want to become big law. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with big law. That's just not me. Uh, sure. I, I just uh, I, I like kind of the um, I like being part of a small business. I like kind of being the underdog. Uh, so I think we'll always stay relatively small. Uh, we have six attorneys right now, uh, and, uh, and and I'm sure that we'll grow beyond that number. But um, but I but but I do like the feeling of, of being a, a small and mighty diverse team, uh, and yeah, so, so I, I, I'd like to continue um, with that being the uh, the, uh, the the model. Excellent, good. Um, and then finally, just curious uh, technology. I know it. Uh, COVID has changed everything. Besides Zoom, I mean, are you leveraging technology for the firm? Um, and how do you do that? Uh, yes, technology has been really important for us. Um, uh, we are, um, we've always been uh, an all remote firm. So we do have an office space that we use in, in Balakinwood. Uh, and uh, so that, that's a place that we can meet in person if we need to. But the reality is that We've been remote. Uh, we've been remote from day one. Okay, uh, and that means um, you know not only just using things like Zoom and and uh, and, and Teams and things like that to, to get yep. virtual meetings, uh, but but it's also using things like like OneDrive and, and Microsoft Teams for for document sharing and and for uh, for, for for chatting and and, and messaging. Um, we we really utilize technology to to try to create that office environment. Uh, that that we miss out on because we we're all in our own respective spaces. Um, the other thing is that we'll use automation uh, in in some of our processes. Uh, so uh, there's software that we can use to not just to do legal research, uh, which I'm sure most attorneys use, but there's also software that we're using uh, to uh, to review contracts and, and find key terms and uh, and and, um, and 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 red flags and and, and identify issues. Uh, that makes it easier and more efficient for us as attorneys to then go back through and, and do the red line or, or, or do the markup. Uh, so um, uh, there are other places in our in our business development efforts uh, where we may use automation or uh, or, or technology uh, to speed up the process and to make things more efficient uh, both for ourselves and, and for our clients. Uh, so um, yeah, we're always looking at ways to, to innovate, to get more efficient, and to uh, provide more consistent, faster results for our clients. Okay, so you're not afraid of it. You're you're embracing it and you're leveraging it. Good, absolutely. Yeah, okay, good, good. All right, excellent. Well, listen, um, 
final words that you want to leave about your firm and best way to connect with you if they want to learn more? Sure. Uh, so the best way to connect uh, is probably through the internet. You can shoot me an email okay. uh, at b b williams at companycouncil.law uh, uh, or online at www.companycouncil.law. Uh, if you're someone who prefers the phone, uh, our uh, phone number is 484-325-5660. And, and typically we'll start out just having a, a free consultation, uh, getting to know each other. Uh, we want to learn more about your business, what your needs are, what your goals are. And we'll have a conversation about how we potentially can help see if there's a fit and see what see what we can potentially uh, do to assist. Excellent. Good. Well, listen, it's been a pleasure um, for everybody. Again, uh, Bernard Williams, and this is a law firm, uh, Company Council, helps small business um, grow and provide counsel. And this is sponsored by Emotion Track, which is a legal tech platform. And we help uh, litigators prepare for cases, uh, mediation and trials with our uh, digital platform. So thank you again and uh, enjoy the weekend. Nice to spend time with you, Bernard. Thanks so much. It was a pleasure. You bet.